Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning from New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott with you. And Bart Scott's favorite team in the NFC East is the Giants. Right? It's your favorite team. You, you, you have high expectations for the Giants. You heard Deion Sanders say it's, it's, the, it's a terrible division. It's not. It's trash. They're going to be trash like they were last year. And he's not even expecting the Cowboys to be a Super Bowl contender. But you feel like the Giants are a team to watch in that division. Just watch how they finish seasons. We, I've, been, I've been on teams and I've seen teams that finish 6-10, and 10, but they finish strong and they figure some stuff out. I think, you know, the first year, Joe Judge, everybody's trying to figure out. They almost had a mutiny with the conditioning and, you know, trying to bring some of the Patriot Way uh, characteristics mm-hmm. there. But if you look at this How many team, guys also retired from football coming out of training camp yeah, this year with the Giants? But, 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 you, but you look at how they finished the season. If, that, if, if it would have been the extra game like they have this year, that team would have potentially been in the playoffs, and that team was good enough to give anybody trouble. They gave Tampa trouble late in the season. All they needed was for, for Jalen Hurts to play the second half, and they would have got an opportunity to be that team that you know the Washington uh, football team was. Listen, this team is loaded. They just have to come together, and they have to learn how to play. I, give no, I, don't, I can care less about how they look in practice. I can care less about how they look in the preseason because you don't know what they're building up to. Everything is to build up to week one, and it's a process. And sometimes the process is, is if you see something. Saquon Barkley is in a red jersey, so you right. really haven't, you know, you know, you want to make sure that he's healthy, and then you can really see what you've got in your offense with a guy like that back after Ch- losing him last that year. That changes everything. Kenny Galladay coming back off injury. Kadarius Tony figuring out what's wrong with his feet. Like, all that stuff matters, right? And, like, you know, people, listen, I know we have to react to everything. But I understand that this doesn't mean anything. Like, you're putting certain things on film for your first, first week's opponent. You're right. working on situational things. You're trying to figure out what you can get away with, mm-hmm. what you can't get away with. And that's a process. And sometimes making sausage ain't pretty, but it tastes good. The Giants, since their Super Bowl in 2011, this is mm-hmm. their 10th season. They made the playoffs once. Yeah. Once in that span. I mean, think about this. Six of the last seven seasons, double-digit losses. So this is a huge year for the Giants. This is an important year. And John Mara's already talked about it. We heard from him two weeks ago when he talked about, is there pressure on Dave Gettleman? There's pressure on everybody. Yeah. You know, obviously there's not pressure on him. He's the owner. Nobody's going to force him to sell the team. Right. But there is that pressure on them to finally, you know, finally get it right, finally get it going. And, you know, Lewis Riddick was on Get Up yesterday, and he talked about, the, the organizational failure. He talked about where the Giants are right now uh, as a team. As I mentioned, this is now, it's, it's 10 years since their Super Bowl. Yeah. And since then, they've only made the playoffs one time. Had the worst record yeah. in all of football like, in, uh, over that period of time. Yeah. And then obviously, in that, and they've gone through four different head, they've gone through head coach after head coach trying to get it right. And, you know, from, from after Tom Coughlin, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, now they're on Joe Judge. I think they got it right. And though. you think they got it right. You like him, but still. If you're John Mara, how frustrated are you at this point after what has been a decade of just absolute – like think about the standard that they used to be compared to now. Lewis Riddick talked about it yesterday on Get Up. What else do I need to do here in order to get us back to where the New York Giants are supposed to be, which is being a contending franchise, Mm -hmm. knocking on the door of Super Bowls. Not are we okay, are we in contention to win the East – Knocking on the door of Super Bowl titles is what they, what they are accustomed to. And I think as this year plays itself out, and it's not just on Daniel Jones, if that's not where they are trending towards, 
He will be resetting this place once again. Can you imagine? Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More progressivecommercial.com. I mean, is this going to be that kind of a – is this a – I don't want to say do or die, but you know what I mean. I mean, this is – well, if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year, Bart, what happens at the end of the season? It falls at the feet of Dave Gettleman, right? Because he's the one that Only said, Dave Gettleman? Only Dave Gettleman. Joe Judge has proved that he what is What about a, Daniel Jones? He's a leader of men. It could cause Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones could be a candidate for the Sam Darnold treatment because it's going to be a veteran quarterbacks that's ready to play and looking for new homes. And also it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be, you know, if, if Daniel Jones doesn't play well, they're going to be picking towards the top of the draft. You know, it could cost Saquon Barkley his job, a long-term well, he's extension. he's looking to get paid, yeah. Right, because you, you think about, you know, what are you saying? You're saying that your quarterback's supposed to be able to prove if he's a guy, if he's a dude by week by, by year three. Some guys prove it a little earlier, but, you know, by year three, you kind of know what somebody is and where you can go with them. Like, this team outside the quarterback position has great personnel around it. You, you can't ask for a better number one in Kenny Galladay. You can't ask for a better running back than Saquon Barkley. Listen, no team is perfect. Every team is built in, in, in different ways, and you have to figure out how you're going to win with what you have. I think the Giants have more than enough to not only win the division, but really be a true contender in the NFC for you know the Super Bowl, to at least get there or at least to get to an wow. NFC championship. Listen, what don't they have? Like, they have two lockdown corners. They have a they have huge two question mark at I understand quarterback. That. I understand that. But listen, quarterbacks. And is, offensive quor- line. I, okay. But, uh, it's what, an uncertain. Like, they got better at, towards the end of last year, yeah, their Thomas, offensive line. Thomas figured it out a little bit. They got better. But it's still, you know, their depth is a question mark, of course, as every, every team at offensive line. But that's a question mark. But the biggest question mark of all is what is Daniel Jones? What is he? Is he the guy that can make those plays where if he gets loose, he gets out and he's fast and – Maybe even faster than you think. He doesn't look as fast as he is. But is he also the guy that can turn the ball over, that can make bad decisions, and that can hinder your ability to win because of his decision-making? Despite all the weapons they have, is he the guy that can sandbag everything? Yeah, I mean, listen, he's a deep – he's a great deep ball thrower, right? Yep. And they have the pieces now. They have Slayton, right? They have – Galladay, but then also they still have the intermediate pieces that can run. Those Evan Ingram has got to catch the Evan football. Ingram, but listen, I don't underestimate Rudolph. Ru- Rudolph is like uh, uh, Kyle uh, Rudolph, for, right. yeah, Kyle Rudolph is like a Heath Miller to us, right? Mm-hmm. He was always Ben Ben Roethlisberger's security blanket. He's a guy that's going to make that offensive line a lot better because he can take a defensive end. You can put him on an island. There's very few tight ends that you can say that about. Kyle Rudolph is one that you can do that, mm-hmm. and that frees Evan Ingram to be what he wants to be, which is a bloated receiver, a guy that's really a uh, a receiver in a tight end's body. So now you're, you have complementary pieces. It's about how the pieces complement each other. It's not about the individual skill set. And I think Joe Judge brought in toughness last year. Joe Judge made this team a lot tougher. Yes. Right? You think about how they run the ball in between the tackles. You talk about the, uh, you know, the physicality. Hell, we were watching them. They had two tight ends, three tight end sets with Jason Garrett, right? That was about setting a standard, saying this is how we're going to go. We're, when you play the Giants, and the Giants have always been that. That's always been their brand. They've always been able to run the football and play defense. And get, and, right. get, and get after you mm-hmm. with four people. And I think, you know, Oziz was the steal of the draft. To me, he was the best pass rusher there. It was courses about his knees. They're taking a the calculated risk. But if you put him next to Leonard Williams, which is next to, to Lawrence, they have a four formidable you know, line. And their secondary is probably one of the best secondaries that we're not talking about. Adoree Jackson. 
Bradbury on the outside. Mm-hmm. Can you ask for two better safeties than Logan Ryan and, and Peppers? I don't think you can. And Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. Yes. So all the recipes are there for them to be able to win ugly and be able to win in shootouts because of the it would be because of the way that they're constructed. Now, can they put it all together? That's Joe Judge's job. Can they put it all together? That's Daniel Jones' job. So Daniel Jones is either going to sink or swim based on his ability to take care of the football. He doesn't have to be more of himself. He has to actually be less. And I think they're going to put less on his shoulders because they have a better supporting cast around them. And you have Saquon Barkley, who really is, you know, and, and, he, and multifaceted Shepherd. abilities. Plus, yes, plus the addition of Gali, the addition of uh, – and, and the – return of several other pieces on that offense. Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for ESPN, uh, was with Greeny, and he did talk about this coming season for Daniel Jones, but what he talked about was really more what you've seen in the offseason so far from him and how difficult it is to evaluate. It's hard to gauge where the Giants' offense is right now because if you think about it, there's no Saquon. Well, he's back today, right? Right. He's going to do a little bit. You have no Kenny Galladay. You just got back Kyle Rudolph, so he's not really in live drills yet. And Kadarius Tony hasn't done much of anything since he got here. So that's pretty much everyone they added last year. So when you look at it, who's on the field with Daniel Jones? The, the offense that's on the field every day at training camp is the offense that finished 31st in the league last year. Mm. See, that's, <laughs> that's the part you got to understand. We haven't seen him in pre. We haven't really mm-hmm. seen much of him at all. And there's a lot of curiosity about what he's going to be this year. It's a big year for him on many levels. It's a huge year, right? Big year for him, but it does impact, though. It's like the first domino of whether or not this is going to be a good season for the Giants. Don't you think? Yeah, but at least one thing I can say is that offensive line has been working together, right? That offensive line has been put in a worst-case scenario, right? No Saquon Barkley, so they don't have a special player back there. No Kenny Galladay and Tony and Rudolph. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're playing and being put in the most – the toughest position. They're going they're going to play a preseason game, right? And they're going to go against the opposing team. They're not going to have the guys that they're going to depend on. So this is going to make this offensive line have to communicate, have to figure things out. Then all of a sudden their job is going to get easier, opposed to vice versa, right? Opposed to, you know, having everybody and then you lose Rudolph in the season or you lose Kenny Galladay. Now you're like, well, what are we without these guys? They're in a the worst case scenario. They're playing without any of their horses. They're practicing without any of their horses. Their job is only get only going to get better. Now you, hey, listen, I believe Solder is going to be a, a much better player than what he was. He I think last it's, year, right, and I think right. it's going to take a lot for all this plate that he's playing right tackle. And I think Thomas is going to be a much better player. He played tremendous, much better in the second half of the season. Right. So I like the fact that they're, having, they're dealing with adversity. I'd much rather not have people that I'm dependent on early on and then have them at it than to have them the whole time and then have to learn how to adjust to play with practice without them. Well, the Giants start on September 12th, uh, home against the Denver Broncos, and then they've got uh, at Washington, so right away a big test for them uh, against a division opponent. Joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, former Giant, Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara joins us. Sean, good morning. How you doing, man? Hey, top of the morning to you both, Alan, Bart. How we doing? We're good. I, I asked Bart this question. I want to see if you can finish this uh, for me as well. If the Giants – fail to make the playoffs this season, what happens after the season? Oh, great question. Well, look, I hope nobody – I don't think anybody in this area hopes that that happens. Um, right. But no doubt about it, I mean, there's there's got to be some decisions made and people have to figure out. I mean, I, I don't think Joe Judge is, is in any trouble. I think he's a really good coach. I think that they love the direction that he's bringing the team. 
Um, you know, obviously, you know, John Mara has come out and said, look, you know, we feel like this is a playoff caliber team. They spent a ton of money this offseason to build the roster and, you know, went out and got Kenny Galladay and, you know, brought in, um, you know, um, the tight end from uh, Kyle Rudolph yeah, from, okay. from Minnesota. Um, so, you know, they, they definitely have spent some money defensively. They, they, you know, paid Logan Ryan and paid James Bradbury. So, you know, you feel like they're building towards that playoff caliber team. And, you know, I think when it doesn't work out, you know, in, in, in this business, you know, somebody loses their job. So I think that there will be, you know, there will be some turnover. I have no idea where that would be and where it would start and where it would end. But of course, you know, the quarterback um, conversation, I feel like this whole offseason, it's been about, well, look, big year for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to, he needs to play better. He needs to have a signature win. Have, and, and to be honest with you, I, I feel different when you talk outside of the building about Daniel Jones, as opposed to when you talk about Daniel Jones inside the building, because everybody inside the building there, he's their long-term guy. They're, they're all in on him. And, you know, on the outside, it's like people are still on the fence. Like, they're, they're still – they're not really sure what he is. So, I think for Daniel Jones, the win-loss record always gets blamed on the quarterback. But he if he has a good year, they they will be in the playoffs. Because I think this defense is the heart and soul of this team right now. Um, the offense is still trying to figure out their identity. But if Daniel Jones has a good year – that conversation is not even happening because I do think they make the playoffs. Okay. Sean, we played against each other in the league, and you, you've seen the quarterbacks I had to play with. I, I would think I'm an expert on bad quarterbacks because I had a front-row seat the majority <laughs> of my career. I believe that, that, that Daniel Jones is very similar, more similar than most people think to Josh Allen. Big arm, more athletic. Um, he just hasn't been able to take care of the football, but a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Do you think that this is a breakout year for Daniel Jones, and is he on the cusp of putting himself in the conversation of a top 15 or top 10 quarterback? Yeah, I, th- I really think that he could be in that conversation. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, what kind of growth and progress does he have and does this offense have in year two? You know, look, last year he's learning Jason Garrett's offense for the very first time. You know, starts out virtually. Um, you know, they didn't even get to to really practice together until training camp. Obviously, with COVID, that changed everything and the way you learn stuff. So, I feel like this year in year two, absolutely, he should be better um, with that. I think the Josh Allen comparison is very fair because I think that he is unbelievably athletic. He might be faster than Josh Allen. Um, I think Josh Allen probably has a bigger arm and and you know a little bit stronger arm, but. The progression of Josh Allen, as you look through it, year three was where he made that big leap. And I think the one thing that you could say that Josh Allen has benefited from up in Buffalo is he's been with Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, his entire career. So he has not had to unlearn an offense or learn a new offense in year two. And it's just every year he's been able to stack that up. So uh, I'm glad, Bar, you brought up the one point about the turnovers because, you know, when you if people look at Daniel Jones and they look at just stats, they see the turnovers and they're like, man, you know, like that's, that's alarming, you know? And, and to me, there's different types of turnovers. There's Jameis Winston turnovers where he's throwing interceptions and leading the league in that. And then there's, okay, there's fumbles. How did those fumbles occur? So I, I went back and looked at all these turnovers from Daniel Jones and you made a great point because a lot of those fumbles are because of the lack of protection. 
the fumbles that happen inside the pocket, I don't I don't blame that on the quarterback. I blame that on the left tackle that got beat, the tight end that didn't turn out to the Sam linebacker. I mean, they're still trying to figure out how to block Hassan Reddick and Marcus Golden from that <laughs> Arizona game last year. And it, it's just – it was brain farts. It, it wasn't even – some of them weren't even physical, physically getting beat. It was mentally just having a vapor lock. And how do you not – how do you not fan out to Marcus Golden? You're like, you know what he's doing. He's not, he's not dropping in coverage. So things like that happen, and now instead of just a sack, oh, it's a sack force fumble because he thinks he's protected. He thinks he's picked up. So those are all things, Bart, that you know when you get in the meeting room, it's like, okay, guess who looked really bad on that play? Guess who everybody's blaming at? They're blaming the quarterback. And they're like, all right, Tweedledee and Tweedledum out here <laughs> didn't block the right guys, and now now this guy's getting drilled in the back. Oh, and, and now people are going to say, well, he can't hold on to the ball. Let me tell you what. Let me have you hold the football. Let me let somebody line up seven yards from you and run in you and see if you hold on to the football. Sean O'Hara joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, NFL Network, and, of course, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Giants. All-time great, one of the one of the great centers that they've had in their history. So we do the comparisons, of course, and, and that was one with Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. But you made an interesting comparison as the Giants and the Patriots are having their joint practice this week for a couple of days, and you were there watching. And you made a very interesting comparison that, that I took note of, and I, and I want you to explain it. And that is, when you were watching Mac Jones, you said you saw a lot of Eli Manning there. What did you mean by that? Yeah, you know, this is interesting. I, I was t- talking to Tom Curran um, from, from NBC up there who's, you know, followed the Patriots for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and he's actually the one that brought up, he said, you know, do you see a lot of similarities with Eli and, and his rookie year? So um, that was how that how Eli's name even got interjected into oh, the okay. conversation. Um, but I said, yeah, I, I did see a lot of that because, you know, Eli early on in his career, you know, he he always, if he had a bad throw, if he had a bad play, a bad game. He was always able to to bounce back from that, and and his rubber band ability to snap back after a bad play was, I thought, very telling. There's a lot of young players that come in and they have a bad play, and now it spirals into an, an entire series, and they just melt down. Um, so I, I thought that you know Mac Jones showed some of those qualities. You know, there, I thought the poise was big, but Eli coming in as a rookie, what I was most impressed with was this kid came in and. and his ability to absorb information and his recall, um, you know, much like his brother Peyton, it, it was phenomenal. And I remember sitting down watching film with him. He's a rookie. I'm, it's my first year with the Giants, but it's my, um, you know, it's my fifth year in the league. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to hold this kid's hand. Like, all right, here's the Mike linebacker. Here's how everything goes. Here's how the protection works. And right out of the gate, he's like, okay, that's cover two. Yeah, I get that. All right, here's what we're going to look at. Like he understood how to read defenses. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's something that people don't really think about when they think of young quarterbacks. Some of these kids coming out of college, especially now, they're not reading the defense. They're looking at the sideline. They're looking at their coach, and he's telling them, you know, what the play is. So they're not even having to diagnose what's in front of them. So you get a quarterback at this level that is not reading defenses, now you've got a big learning curve. And I think that's one of the things that jumped out at me with Mac Jones um, and his ability. I watched him in practice on Wednesday you know, come up to the line, and he's, you know, going alert, alert. He's checking plays. He's re- recalling the mics. Ne- that next-level thinking, you don't always get that from a rookie quarterback, and certainly not, you know, after just two ga- two games in the preseason. Um, so I-, I thought from that standpoint, it, it was really impressive. Um, Bart probably remembers a different Eli because 
when we went down to Baltimore, um, <laughs> you know, his, his, uh, his rookie year, um, y'all, y'all had a lot of fun at his expense. And, uh, put a lot of guys in the Pro so Bowl. He could put a lot of guys in the Pro Bowl that game. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Sean, I want to ask you this, right, because Dave Gettleman is going to get criticism for two players, right, the most. And I think it's going to be one is going to be um, Daniel Jones, but the other is Saquon Barkley, you know, in a draft in which he said it was no quarterbacks – Franchise quarterbacks there, well, one is one MVP, and two we think could be in running for the MVP in Josh Allen. You know, I believe that it's a lot of pressure on Saquon Barkley to kind of justify that second overall pick. How much pressure is it on Saquon Barkley in a contract year to come back and show that he's not just good, that he's Christian McCaffrey special? Yeah, I think Saquon – you know, look, there, there's the, the Saquon on the field that you're getting and then the Saquon, the, the person, the player, the leader, um, and, and I think that he checks all of those boxes. So, you know, David Gettleman labeled him a generational player, and I still believe that he is that. Uh, I think the injury obviously was very unfortunate, um, and I think the challenge right now is, you know, for Saquon to prove to himself, forget about everybody else. When, when you have a catastrophic knee injury like that, you have to prove to yourself that you are who you were before hmm. and the, or maybe even that you're a better version of what you were before. I'll say this. You know, we, we talked a lot about Saquon's legs and how big and strong they were. I, they look bigger now than ever before. How, so how is that possible? I, I look at Adrian Peterson, and, you know, he led the league in rushing with, you know, over 2,000 yards, and he did it a year after he tore his ACL. Anybody that's shaken Andrew, Adrian Peterson's hand knows that that dude is a grown man, and he's got country-strong hands. He's got vampire blood. I mean, he's a different cat. <laughs> Saquon is physically – he's a different dude, and he's got, he's got dragon blood. So I, I think – you know, he's going to have a, a huge year. I, I think already Jason Garrett is going to – he's going to find a way to make the offense, you know, obviously it's going to build around him in the run game, but I think you're going to see him a lot as a receiver as well. And and you get this kid in space. I tell you what, it, you know, Bart, if you're out there and you realize you've got to cover 26 and it's third and nine, uh, third, third and three, third and five, I mean – that's a tough. That's a tough task. You might be asking your coach to just blitz you. Hey, just let me. Just let me blitz. I don't want to get caught in coverage. <laughs> or you fake a hamstring or something like that. Sean, we got to leave it right there. Always good to catch up with you, my man. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, fellas. All right, that's Sean O'Hara on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So Sam Acho comes back with us. Steve Sarkeesian is back, but is Texas back? That's after Bart has this from O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts are here to keep your car on the road with the right parts. Advice from their professional parts people and their free loaner tool program. There's no need to purchase a tool if you're only going to use it once. Your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store has more than 80 specialty tools available to rent for your next repair. Refundable deposit required at the time of rental. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and ask about their free loaner tool program or visit O'Reilly.com. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, it is the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is Marty Smith, and I'm ready. This is Max Kellerman, and the Giants are ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Carolina Panthers are ready. Zellin Hahn, I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The beautiful thing about sports. You can see somebody come up to the moment. You can see a team come together. You can see the epic happen. Caught by Boston College. And when it happens live, Touchdown! even if it was scripted pregame, you would have said, no, nah, that couldn't happen. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. Unbelievable. That's what I love about sports. All right, all right, all right. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. What's the matter? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He is the Texas Minister of Culture. Oh, culture. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, he's a legit fan. Yes. And as we we mentioned, Matthew McConaughey. What does that pay? Let's bring it right. By the way, Alan Hahn, Bar Scott, Sam Acho. And we bring in on the Goodyear Hotline the new Texas head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Coach, good morning. So we have a Longhorn here. We have Sam Macho here. Now I think is the perfect time with Sam here for you to do what everybody's been begging you to do through the media, reveal your starting quarterback for, of course, week one. Well, you know, if, if Sam were an offensive player, I might do it. Oh, <laughs> no. If he's a defensive guy. No, anyhow, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's great to it's great to be on with everybody. Yeah, Coach, thanks so much for coming on. I know everyone's talking about Casey Tom- Casey Thompson or Hudson Card, but I think what people are missing is like the weapons at receiver, right? You had Devontae Smith at Alabama. You had some weapons, right? Talk about Jalen Waddle, all these guys at Alabama. Like, is there someone at Texas who you'd say, man, this guy uh, is going to be a weapon no matter who our starting quarterback is going to be? Or maybe these two guys are people to look out for. Yeah, you know, I would say one guy who's really kind of jumped up and has really started to play well throughout camp and had a really good scrimmage was Josh Moore. Um, You know, he's got the explosiveness. He has range. um, He has playmaking ability. He's been a really bright spot. Um, We have a true freshman in Xavier Worthy who has come in and, and provided a real explosive nature to the offense, which is critical to what we do. Um, Jordan Winnington is another guy who, um, very savvy player for us. And then the fourth guy is probably really Marcus Washington, who has explosive playmaking ability. And that, that's the key to the drill for us, right? It's one thing to know what to do and how to do it. It's another, uh, why we're doing what we're doing and then taking advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. So those four guys have really started to emerge 
And so now it's just a matter of, um, you know, the consistency in game. And that's what, you know, we're only going to find out once we start playing games here next week. Coach, how big is the move to the SEC for uh, Texas football as a whole? Well, you know, I think it's it's probably a two-head monster, right? I mean, I'm one aspect of it. That's great, and I trust our, you know, our leadership at our university and President Hartzell and Chris Del Delconi, our athletic director, for making that move and and having some vision to look down the road. Um, I think it's helpful uh, on a recruiting front uh, and what that means from a recruiting standpoint. We've obviously got a great product to sell recruits at the University of Texas. Adding the SEC to that, I think, is helpful. But the flip side of that is. You know, we're still in the Big 12, and we've got some unfinished business in the Big 12 to take care of. And, um, you know, I, I, I say this a lot, but we already had a bullseye on our chest here in the Big 12, and I think that bullseye got a little bigger, and we need to recognize that, hmm. uh, making sure that we're putting our best foot forward every Saturday. Now, you're somebody that's also have experience in the Pac-12, USC especially. They just now recently announced an alliance between uh, with them and the Big 10 and the ACC as well. What are your thoughts on that, and what kind of impact could that have in the future in college football? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the landscape of college football obviously is, is changing. And, you know, whether you're talking about uh, NIL, uh, whether you're talking about expansion and or alliances and conference play, whether you're talking about the college football playoff expansion and, and what that looks like. So, uh, I think we're in a unique time in college football. Uh, it clearly is not um, what it was, you know, 30 years ago with just, you know, you won your conference, you went to a bowl game. All of a sudden, we started to get these mega conferences and we started to have conference championship games. And then all of a sudden, we, we got into a, um, a BCS championship game. And then all of a sudden, we got to a four-team playoff. And so it's forever changing. Um, you know, I, I think I think the powers that be – um, that, the, that, that these changes are good ones. Um, I think everybody is cautiously working their way towards what is in the best interest of the student athlete, the universities, uh, all parties involved. And you know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of college football. First, I'm just fortunate enough to do what I what I love, and I, I love college football. And I, I really believe the changes that are happening, that are making, are good for the game, um, and and make our game what what, in my opinion, is the most important most. Um, exciting sport to watch and, and that, that fans love it and student bodies love it and the, the history and tradition of it all. So I think we're moving in a great direction. Coach, last one for us. Uh, at BYU, when it was this week, a couple decades ago, uh, at, when you were at BYU, you shredded AM's dominant defense. Shredded. You're a brilliant offensive mind, but also you talk about things like authenticity, right? I was calling the spring game. All the players were talking about how real you are and how humble you are and the authenticity and how they want to play for you. What is it about whether it's you as a person or your offensive philosophy that makes you great? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I think in the end, you said it. I just try to be me, you know. I don't um, – I don't try to put on a front because I really believe when adversity strikes, the real you comes out anyway. So you'd rather be authentic and transparent from the beginning. Um, I do believe in, in, in letting those around me know that I believe in them um, when they've earned that right. Um, And I think that that, 
instills confidence and belief. And, I, and a lot of that, to me, that goes back to my time with Coach Edwards. You know, he, he was a leader of men. He was not just a football coach. He was a leader of men. But I never went into a Saturday when I was in college playing games where I didn't really believe that my head coach didn't have the utmost confidence and that he believed in me. And I've always held on to that, that, um, you know, part of my job is to make sure our players are in the right mental state to know, like, my head coach has my back. And I might not be perfect, but he's got my back. And I think that that does instill confidence in them and where they can go out and cut it loose and play fast and free. And um, it's okay to make a mistake. We just don't want to make the same mistake twice. Coach, you said it, the bullseye is, I mean, you're Texas. You're always going to have a somewhat of a bullseye on you, but even more now for sure. And the season opener, September 4th against Louisiana. We wish you luck. We thank you so much for the time. All the best. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate Hook it, Sark. Hook them. Thanks for coming on. Hook them, you know. Steve Sarkeesian, again, on the Goodyear hotline, and, and he didn't want to name the quarterback. Though. I was kind of hoping to get some news here. Now nah, he would uh, He's been asked like over and yeah. over and over again. It's amazing he won't name it. The NFL's a similar way. Well, well, the most interesting thing, though, and Bart, we talked about this yesterday. A lot of people believe that coaches don't name starting quarterbacks because they don't want to give their other opponents or defenses a competitive advantage. Like, that was my belief. But Sark was asked about – about why he wouldn't want to name it, and if that was the reason, he said, "No, that's not the reason." It was essentially, like, I don't care about defenses. That's not like I, I'm good. We're going to be fine. And so I think he's really trying to figure out this battle. We talk about was, in the NFL how close the battles is, mm -hmm. the battles are. Uh, this is a really close battle at Texas. And so, anyways, for me, I, hearing an offensive coach talk about, man, I don't care about if a defense knows or not. Like that's bold, but he's got the track record to prove mm -hmm. it. Yeah, we'll see with how things go, and again, the transition for them eventually to the SEC. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako with Mako and their magic. Your car is no longer tragic if life throws you oh, it's just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. The best defense in the NFL for a second straight year. Bart's got the answer for you after I tell you about Indeed. Finding the perfect hire can feel like searching for a needle in the bottomless haystack of resumes. Indeed makes hiring fast and simple with 135 skills tests to help candidates prove they have the experience your job requires. Their powerful hiring platform even helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right on their site, which is probably why Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. To learn more about finding your next great hire, visit Indeed.com slash credit. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. If you want to sit back and take shots at Tim Tebow, if you want to describe this as a failure, then just let it be clear. You and I see life very differently. Greeny, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Take it or shake it, Bart Scott. You ready? Hammer time. Let's do it. Is Evan Wilner ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. The Green Bay Packers are ready. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback, on focusing on this season. Look, I think we all know what's at stake, and, and I talked about that a little bit today about perspective and how important uh, that perspective is to focus on this season and, and enjoy. So we're just going to enjoy this season. It's it's title town. It's uh, championship or disappointment. Ooh, title town. Green Bay is title town. Take it or shake it. We'll go ahead and shake that, man. Let's shake shake it! it! Oh, wow. I forgot. Yo, absolutely. Listen, you think about Aaron Rodgers. It's a shame that this organization has only been to, you know, only won one Super Bowl with A.A. Ryan. And it's been failure to go out and spend a lot of money in the free agency. And I believe that the A.J. Dillon pick is going to hurt them because that could have been a tremendous wide receiver. And I think that they just they just fall a player short, a player one or two short. The window is open and closed in Green Bay. It is not title time. Sad. Yeah. They actually, it's called Title Town, though, like literally. Well, I can call myself Shake Sir it. Bart, but that don't make me a sir. <laughs> it's accurate. Wow. You do need to be knighted. Yeah, exactly. Right. King Arthur, where you at? <laughs> Next up. Myself, sir Bart. Uh, Tuscaloosa, also Title Town. <laughs> Didn't know if you guys knew that. T Town. Yes. Anything short of winning a Super Bowl would be a disappointment for the Chiefs. Take it or shake it. I'm going to take that. Take it! Take it! Take it! <laughs> I'm going to take it. I mean, because when you think about it, right? Listen, they're in their window, right? They're in the window. The quarterback has got paid his money, but the, the effects of it doesn't start to kick in for the next couple of years. So that means guys like Chris Jones. That means some of the players that they have to pay, like Miguel Harmon, Mikhail Harmon, they're going to lose those pieces because of the massive contract that you know, Patrick Mahomes has. He, he backloaded a little bit to get some money later, but eventually you got to cash in on these championships. He's going to have to do a lot more work with a lot less talent. Is that, is that basically what it's going to be for Patrick Mahomes for the rest of his career? It will. Super Bowl or bust. Every season is Super Bowl or bust because of who he is and how good he is. It's basically how it became for Aaron Rodgers and eventually well, but, Tom Brady as well. It's crazy, right? Because Russell, uh, because he's nothing but Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson hands what? off the beast mode. He hands the ball off the beast well, mode. Well, you're right about he, that. He wins. He wins two titles yes. while he's cheap. And then what happens is Russell Wilson figures out how hard it is that you can't have really, really deep teams. You know what he has that, that Russell Wilson doesn't have? MVP. Yes. It's crazy. So disrespectful. What's next, Evan? Oh, man. I'm glad you guys talked about Russell Wilson. Leads me right into my next question. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray will be the worst quarterback in the NFC West. Take it or shake it. Shake it! Shake it! Listen, the worst quarterback is the quarterback that's only going to be in the division for one more year, and that's Jimmy G. Yikes. Right? Jimmy G is the worst quarterback. He's a guy that can't make the big play. Listen, we were talking about Kyler Murray, and I don't like his demeanor, and I've, everybody knows that, right? Yep. But what, I can't deny the talent. I think this offense is built for him. He was in a running for MVP. I don't think adding Juli- um, A.J. Green hurts that in J.J. Watt. Wow. So Jimmy G is the worst quarterback? Yeah, not in the close. division. Not even close. Not even close? Well, he might be the cutest. Definitely going to need you to uh, give us a sample that's after that, the show, that, please. Did I step out the man box and said he may be the cutest? I don't know. I'm not, next question. Yeah, luckily, I, want I, HR, I want HR call. Didn't me. quite hear that one. Next. All right, the Cardinals need Kyler Murray to get in the zone this season. Get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. 
AutoZone. Hang on, guys. Breaking news. So we're going to do a bonus. Take it or shake it. Bonus take it or shake it. This just in. Adam Schefter. Jameis Winston's been named the Saints starting quarterback. So let's just do it this way. Jameis Winston will lead the Saints to the playoffs. Take it or shake it. Take it! Listen, Jameis Winston is the first overall pick for a reason. It's not that it's talent. It was his ability to take care of the football. Now all he has to do is take care of the football because he has a complete defense around him, one of the top defenses that doesn't get talked about, Demario Davis, Kawan Alexander, Cam Jordan, whatever you want to go with. Listen, this is a team that's ready to win. Sean Payton is one of the best. He's in my top five list of head coaches in this league. So I think he's going to get James to play the best version of himself. And Jameis, come on, man, did we ever think that the other guy had a shot? Nope. This dude is like 45 years old. And never started. All of a sudden, he's a good quarterback. Continue. This was a sham competition, yeah, in my opinion. Sham competition, but they made it one because they wanted to keep one guy happy, and they did. But the right guy got the job, and now we'll see if they can move on from Drew Brees and still continue to win. All right. Well, that came out of nowhere. Our plan was to go, you know, NFC West, yep. NFC West. Now we're going to bounce around, but we'll go back to the NFC West. The Rams, best defense in the league last year. The Rams will have the best defense in the NFL again. Take it or shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake that. Shake that. They lost, uh, you know, Johnson to, to the Cleveland Browns. He was one of the best safeties in the game. I think this year is the year in which with Jamin Davis that the Washington football team takes the next step to be the best defense in the league because they don't have one Aaron Donald. They have arguably three. Scary. So the Rams, will they still be a good defense? Oh, they're going to be a good defense because whenever you got Aaron Donald – you got you know Floyd on the outside, and you got they have a new uh, coordinator a lock, now. But but you got a lockdown corner, so that that takes away the whole field. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple of shutdown lockdown corners in the league, yeah. and Ramsey may be at the top of the list. All right, last one, guys. The Yankees have won twelve in a row. Yes. A couple months ago, Han tweeted, "Fire Brian Cashman, look it up." I never. That's where you old takes exposed. The Yankees will win the World Series now, Han. Shake, take it, or shake, shake it. it! Shake. Shake, shake, shake that. All the I got to shake, shake it, it, man. You got to shake it up. No Zach Britton. You know, you think about Chapman. He's so scary. Don't trust I, I, Chapman. Yeah, you can't trust Chapman. I, listen, I can't trust a dude that nose sweats and top lip sweats. Yeah, I just can't trust him. You can't, wait, you, you can't trust – his, his top lip sweats, man. So, does he at least have a mustache on that top lip? No mustache. That's the problem. So, that's the problem. What I tell you. So, you don't he trust 40 a man with, 40 yet. A man over 40 with no mustache and – when his top lip sweats. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what you don't trust. It's, it's like, it's like uh, what, what's Total Recall, man? Like, dude sweating in my dreams. I just, I can't, I can't rock so with that. that's what bothers you. I can't rock with that. Why is your lip sweating, bro? Like, why do you got I active ne- well, sweat glands The good in news is, I don't top lip sweat. Okay. Well, this yeah. is good. So you can trust me. Yeah. Shake it. It's as simple as. <laughs> and you're not black. <laughs> Shake it? No. You take that. <laughs> Much more on the Saints' decision to go with famous Jameis next. <laughs> 